Hello and welcome to, wait, is this my kink now? The spicy comedic podcast that brings four friends together every week to explore the sexiest, kinkiest, and strangest erotica and romance out there. Join us as Annie, our storyteller, shares her latest kinky discoveries. We aim to be an inclusive and not judgmental podcast. As four ladies with various identities, we respect everyone's personal preferences and strive to create a safe space for all listeners to explore female-centric sexuality in a fictional setting. However, we do want to acknowledge that while the subject matter we cover is fictional, it may be uncomfortable or triggering for some listeners. Our podcast is for 18 and over listeners only. Hello and welcome to another episode of, wait, is this my kink now? Today is a very special episode because it is Annie's birthday. It's my birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Annie. Thank you. You don't look a so, day over 19. 32-year-old lady. That's all I can think about. Lady. Yeah, me too. Yeah, God, I miss Jenna Marbles. an old reference now. Ugh. 22 by Taylor Swift came out the year that at least the three of us turned 22. And then this mm-hmm. year I was like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 32. It still works. Yes. Oh, it totally still works. Still works. Mm-hmm. I remember being really excited on the night of my seventh, like the night before my 17th birthday to play I Am 16 going on 17 from Sound of Music and being like, this is going to be the best. <laughs> and then so I rewatched cute. that scene on YouTube and I was like, mm, this is about a Nazi hitting on an underage girl. That vibe is maybe not what I was aspiring to. <laughs> yeah, but at the time it was just young teenage love with a Nazi. Yeah, with the Nazi. <laughs> that sounds like a kink. It, it, like, honestly, I would not be shocked. That I will not be covering Ew. this podcast. Thank you, Annie. Yeah. And in fact, today, I will not be covering anything in this podcast because today is a special bonus episode, as you may notice, because it is being released on a Saturday of all days. The- today, Ooh. our very own Scarlet as a gift for my birthday, we'll be recapping Morning, Morning Glory, Glory Farm by CM Nascosta. <laughs> and now everybody can understand all of her references. It's going to be great. I'm so excited to take on the listener role. Oh my God. I, I feel so much pressure. We decided yesterday that I was going to do this and I was like, God, I am, I'm not going to live up to Annie's like natural fluid narrative style and she's so like charismatic when she tells the story and keep it coming keep it coming we kind of joke that annie like doesn't have outlines but it all works i am the opposite end of that spectrum so i made an 18 page outline that i will probably stick to too rigidly so it's up to you guys to like keep the bants going and the energy up and i'm obviously going to keep an eye on the clock and omit any details but i'm very invested in this book but isn't this book like 200 pages first yes it's very short (laughs) first we need to hear lana's spiciest thing that happened to her this week yes it is pretty hot in uh victoria this week um so i got home yesterday and um because it was very hot and I had to walk home. I was like, well, I'm just going to take off all of my clothes. On your walk home? No, like when I'm inside the house after my oh, walk thank, home. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> so 
I take off my clothes as soon as I get in the house and I walk into my kitchen and I start like, you know, making my dinner and feeding Percy and like dancing to my like podcast I'm listening to and all this stuff. And then I hear like these people like kind of be like, huh? And I like looked out the window because of course the blinds are open and my neighbors. So like our property is kind of on like a slant. So I can see my neighbor's backyard fully and like they sit like their property is on a slant too so they have like chairs set up so it basically has like a complete view into my kitchen so they definitely saw what was going on because I'm blasting music and dancing and completely nude and uh yeah I just kind of like dropped down (laughs) and then I crawled out of my kitchen and yeah just didn't go in there for the rest of the night to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I no place is safe. Today I was looking, I look out my window to work, and the girls who live in the building across the street moved out. And so the guy who owns the unit must have been in cleaning today. He was shirtless the whole day. And I could see him shirtless the whole day. Yeah, so, I feel like nowhere is safe. modern, like the way cities are structured is not conducive to privacy or nudity. And sometimes you just want to, like, live your best nudist life. And I'm sure your neighbors enjoyed the show, Lana, particularly at the, the end where they thought, oh, my God, this naked girl has had a sudden medical emergency of some sort. She seems to have fainted. <laughs> She's completely disappeared. <laughs> I, well, I could hear them say, like, it was something like a, like, they were obviously were like, they, oh. she's been doing this for so long. Oh, but we need to no. let her know that we're watching her like it was for my benefit that they made a noise and got my attention because they were all staring lana that is super spicy and that's also definitely someone's kink ironically the sequel to glory milking farm sweet berries has a voyeurism aspect and it did nothing for me it made me stressed but i'm sure some people are into that chaos is lounging in the background there. Oh, what a cutie. <laughs> my baby girl. I have a table set up here because um, I'm doing my coding practicum here. And oh, the fancy. mattress is next to us. And uh, I just have all the cats splooted on the bed all day. Well, three out of four. <laughs> Hermione does not join the party. Oh, that's the absolute dream. But it's very um, cute. Uther saved us from a mosquito last night. It was the only display of competent hunting wow. I've ever seen that cat display. He just stood on top of the bookshelf and gently pawed at the air for like 15 minutes. And we were like, that's not usual Uther weirdness. That's unique Uther weirdness. And then Michael <laughs> had to kill the bug while Uther and I both screamed. So, Oh, it Uther didn't kill the bug. He just no, looked at the bug. No, he just notified us that there was a bug. That's why I said Uther saved our household from a mosquito and not Uther killed a mosquito. Because got he it, just got notified it. us. <laughs> he lit the torch of Gondor. So um, I have the Goodreads here and I thought maybe, I know this is a little bit different than our usual episode, but maybe someone could read the description um, sure. as we usually do. And then I can kind of jump in because the concept- well, I never get to book, read it, so I want to read it. Yes, yes. Let's have Annie do it. The concept for this book is off-putting, but the book is really good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Say that. <laughs> okay. Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nascosta. 
Violet is a typical down-on-her-luck millennial, mid-twenties, overeducated, and drowning in debt, on the verge of moving into her parents' basement, when a lifeline appears in the form of a very unconventional job in neighboring Cambrick Creek. She has no choice but to grab at it with both hands. Morning Glory Milking Farm offers full-time hours, full benefits, and generous pay with no experience needed. There's only one catch. The clientele is grade A certified prime beef with the manly meaty endowments to match. Milking minotaurs isn't something Violet ever considered as a career option, but she's determined to turn the opportunity into a reversal of fortune. When a stern, deep-voiced client begins to specially request her for his milking sessions, maintaining her professionalism and keeping him out of her dreams is easier said than done. Violet is resolved to make a dent in her student loans and afford name-brand orange juice and a one-sided crush on an on her out-of-her-league minotaur is not part of her plan, unless her feelings aren't so one-sided after all. Morning Glory Milking Farm is a short human monster romance novel featuring a high heat, slow burn with a lot of heart and a guaranteed H-E-A or happily ever after. Contact warnings include hawk milking, of course, non-human anatomy, size difference, and a lot of fluid. It is the first book in the Cambrick Creek monster romance series, and it can be read as a standalone. Love a fluid heavy book surprisingly well, common in kink uh books it's just semen so i feel like it's semen, just semen well semen is the fluid in erotica that i'm most okay with you yeah, know and then it's sort of a descending list from there but that was beautifully done annie we should have you do that every episode and then also tell the story <laughs> i stumble <laughs> over words i'm not very good at reading out loud but i enjoy it it's so hard. And then you're like listening to yourself read. This is why I love listening to our podcast, but my own voice makes me cringe every time I hear it. So I'll be like walking along a sidewalk and being like, ooh, ooh, every five seconds. And I'm like, no, it's a That's good podcast. Bad. Your voice is great. Starting off, I understand that the concept for this book is weird. It is about yep. a, a farm where minotaurs are milked for their semen. Uh, and we were introduced to this book from Annie's salacious Facebook group, which is full of people who are very open about their preferences and make amazing recommendations. And this book, people were obsessed with. This is a very popular request. It's it's very, it's hugely popular on Twitter. There was like six podcast episodes I listened to on it of different podcasts. Like it's, it's very popular. And also it's a weird concept. So Annie mentioned this to us in the chat and I was like, I am going to read this and I am going to come up with some good good jokes and good bants to come back to in the chat and be like guys I read this book and then I started getting really into it and then <laughs> it became a bit of a revelation to me which is why it's been a running bit on this episode and I was actually kind of nervous like coming back in I was like oh I've made so many jokes about this book does it stand up it does it's a perfect that's book. amazing it's so good it's not perfect. it's I pretty darn love good that I, I like it's this is a popular super ahead, popular Annie. As an aside today, because I didn't have to write my pretend script, uh, which is like three handwritten <laughs> pages, not 18 well-typed, organized pages, um, I picked up a book that I've read like 17 times just mm-hmm. to read like during my break and stuff, and I cannot put it down. I love books like that. Me too. It's so the fun. Ones that age well. And even like 
when you have high expectations coming back to it, they still stand up. Mm -hmm. Like that's something special. This book Um, I'm reading is book eight in the Club Shadowlands books. (laughs) Oh, see, I didn't get that far. My favorite one. Four is eight the best. Okay, I got to make it to eight. It's my favorite. It's only two. Club Shadowlands. If you do, oh, that's very fun. I'll do Club Shadowlands if you do Monstrous, and then we can like update each other accordingly. Okay. Okay, that sounds um. So yeah, so basically this this book, aside from like the weird concept, is like a soft, slow burn, warm, cozy feelings, Hallmark movie-esque romance. And the filthy parts are filthy. Like it's it's so good. Um, and I listened to an interview with the author and she was like talking about how she has like a sense of humor about her writing, but she would never write a book to be just a joke. Like if she's spending okay. the time to write into a novel, she like really wants, she's like invested in the characters, you know, you can have a sense of humor about it, but she would never give something to the smut community that was just to kind of make fun of them. So um, that's good. I respect that. Yeah, she, she, she's proud of this book and I think she should be honestly. Um, and she talked a little bit about how she loves Cressley Cole, which I think is how Queen, and love her. Queen. Annie got me into reading Smut as an adult and she loves like the big drama, yada, yada, angst. But like sometimes she just wants a breather and wants a book with no angst. And that's exactly what this is. Oh, that's so exciting. I love books like that. It's really good. And she also made a really cool comment about how like some guy on Twitter was like super offended at her writing and tweeted at her that like the reason women like monsters in Smut is so that they can like change them. Um, like improve them fix them and um, no it's because they're not men yeah christine was yeah, like you can take no. all the best parts of men and get rid of all the shitty parts that's exactly it she's like that's a fundamental misunderstanding like i want him to stay a monster i want the beast to stay the beast in beauty and the beast you know um yes. and i thought that was pretty fun so that's kind of uh who she's uh appealing to there's only one like penetrative sex scene in this but there's lots of like dirty talk and fantasizing and other types of sex okay Um, all right so okay okay so i'm gonna start the recap with the color i'm really invested in this world and i'm embarrassed about it but i'm also not embarrassed about it i'm gonna own it because i think it's really delightful so okay we're in modern day america the only difference is that in this world there's like different fantasy species existing so and they're just out and about they're just out and about and they're all like humanoid so i think she's pulling from dungeons and dragons a little bit because there's a mention of like tieflings and orcs but there's like so many species mentioned like trolls there's different types of animal people there's like werecats fox people minotaurs orcs. yeah so they're they're all there yeah it's very cool and they're all like each their own like culture (laughs) so they all celebrate like all the goblins celebrate the goblin holidays and eat goblin food or whatever um and they they don't live totally separately from humans so like she lives in a big city and there's she sees some of these creatures walking around but they do tend to live in like different species only areas as a little italy little minute i was i was thinking like brooklyn heights orthodox jew Yes, yeah. I was thinking Zootopia. Oh yeah. my god, Lana, you are on the right wavelength because yeah. the amount of Zootopia references I just removed from the script because I was like, that's too many Zootopia references and no one will get it. God damn it, I should have left them in. <laughs> no, she has a sister book that's called Girls Weekend and it's about three elves who go to like an orc 
resort. Mm. Orcs are very popular. People love orcs. Mm-hmm. And I have not read one orc book. There's a couple on my list to read for this podcast, but I haven't read any yet. There's some yeah. orc talk in this book. I, I just cannot not picture them as the orcs from Lord of the, Lord Rings. Of the Rings. Same. I just, so I think, but I wonder if I read a book, like I'll be able to separate it, you know? Yeah, there's there's an orc in this actually that Lana might like. Um, he shows up briefly, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's basically Zootopia. Um, so the main setting for this book is called Cambric Creek, where all the stories are set. And it's like the most fab, little bougie suburb, small town on the edge of this big city called Bridgeton. And it's really unique because monsters and humans like really coexist here in a way that they don't do anywhere else. So they call it like a multi-species suburb. It's literally Zootopia. And it's also like the most fab little town. Like it's full of like artisanal farmers markets and like bookshops and like, (gasps) um, and even the main girl, when she's like driving around it, she sees like all these interspecies couples and like people playing with their kids in like the park. And she's like, this is the nicest place. Like the vibe is so delightful. Oh my gosh. So wholesome. I love it. Yeah. So it, it's unique for that. And the main character, Violet, is fucking awesome. She's like a regular human being, which is rare in these books. So she's about to turn 26. She is not a virgin. She has had multiple relationships. Um, and she's really into architecture and art history and urban development. And she has a master's in nonprofit management. So that's okay. kind of like her thing. But it's not like, you know, sometimes girls have like an interest when they're the female main character and that's like their whole personality like mm. stealing cinderella clumsy stealing cinderella <laughs> she likes horses. the animal sanctuary like, the animal sanctuary yeah 26 she moved to bridgeton which is like the big city um from her small town for grad school and she's like super passionate about it but her mom is like a lot like her mom was super anxious that she moved to the big scary dirty city And she, like, keeps calling her and being like, maybe you can move back. It's so nice here. You can live above the garage. We'll clear out the loft. And she's like. Zootopia. It's it's literally Zootopia. (laughs) I literally have a comment here that says Zootopia vibes. Like where Judy Hopps keeps getting anxious calls from her family telling her to come home. That's the exact vibe. It's like sexy Zootopia. Um, I know people on the internet have already made Zootopia sexy, but we're (laughs) going to ignore that because this is not about furries right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> kind of is, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, minotaurs are like mythical creatures. They're not like actual it's animals. It's a totally Does different it thing. Does it count? Are there Does not count. unicorn furries? It does not count. Okay. I'm not well-versed enough in the world of furries. <laughs> um, okay. So she's not like lying to her parents or anything, but she's like trying to calm them down. And she's like, everything's fine. Like, I need to find my own way in the world. I need to like, I really want a job in my like field i really want to put this master's degree to use but in reality she's living paycheck to paycheck so she spends like a lot of time when her mom calls being like don't cry don't cry you can cry when you're off the phone um and so she i don't know this really touched a nerve for me when i was reading it she's like the student who did everything right she did like she got on the dean's list she did all the extracurriculars she graduated with honors and then she finished her undergrad and realized that her field had advanced to the point where you now needed a master's. So she went back and got a master's and now she's getting turned away from entry-level positions for being overqualified. And she's like trying to pay off her loans. And she's in like, I know a few people in this exact situation. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, wow, there's like three positions in architecture and like historical house restoration. And they're all owned by people who will die in these roles rather than retire. (laughs) 
this is okay. This is really, really real life because I swear to God, okay, two things. One, every other goddamn annoying man is doing his fucking master's in architecture. And I'm like, there those jobs don't exist, man. There there can only be so many architects architects in the world. Oh, You're yeah, not gonna make the next giant skyscraper. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Oh, and yeah. also heritage. There are no jobs in heritage. All right, back to the book. Sorry. That's okay. I, this this is a quote that I really love. She said, there's a particular sort of indignity that comes along with being simultaneously well-educated and in dire straits financially. Um, and I was like, oh, right to the heart. So anyways, uh, Violet is like, really wants to make a career in her field. She's struggling a little bit. She's working part-time at an ur- urban development office, but they're basically like, there's 10 people in front of you for every position. Like, you're not going to get hired. So she's like trying to hustle, but she's kind of struggling. Um, okay, so she's intrigued when she starts looking for additional jobs and Morning Glory Milking Farm wants to hire technicians. So the ad doesn't go into like any detail or anything. It just says no prior experience needed. There's on the job training. There's full benefits with dental. There's flexible Uh, scheduling. You get two weeks vacation a year. Um, and wait, why does that make you cringe? What do you do with your mouth? What do you do with your mouth when you milk people and your teeth? Wait, well, I'll tell you. What? Don't they milk with their hands? They don't yes. milk with their hands? I'm sure at some point she milks with something else. No, she <laughs> just milks with hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand now where your brain was going, but I'm mm-hmm. very happy to find out that it is just a job with great benefits. Yeah, I, I was I was psyched to hear about the dental. Um, And also there's like a ton of other benefits because it's the subsidiary of a major pharmaceutical company and there's like a really good starting salary. So she's like, I don't really know what this entails, but like I am hustling to make ends meet. I'm going to apply. So right when the story starts, she's just applied to a job and basically they submit their resumes, they have their references reviewed, and then they're given like a tour of the processing facility. And again, no mention of what the actual work is at any of this point just a lot of mention of like cleaning procedures and like you have to wear scrubs on the job and like that kind of thing and then she gets access to an online portal that provides tutorial videos and she has basically like 24 hours to watch some of the videos and decide if she wants to accept the job and she just clicks yes or no basically so the facility itself is huge uh the front kind of has like a barnyard aesthetics they got big barn doors they got little milk bottles of daisies everywhere it's like very, very comforting farmhouse aesthetic and then you step behind the front desk into the staff section and it's like fully medical it's like gleaming stainless steel spotless sterile very sterile um and there's like a couple other applicants there of like different genders and species who are on the tour with her um and she's like okay but like what does the job entail does anybody know nobody yeah. so so Um, Then an introductory video starts and it establishes that Morning Glory Milking Farm is almost a decade old and it specializes in specimen processing and high integrity genetic material for pharmaceutical production. And they're like the leading pharmaceutical processing facility. So they're like the best. Um, So basically the... So Minotaur Cum has some sort of medicinal quality. It's like beaver butt. So it turns out that um, Minotaur Cum is like the fucking bomb.com. So... They say they Love use that. it in some pharmaceuticals, but the big thing they use it in is Viagra. So Ooh, this is like a like big a money. Fly. That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. Exactly. There's a lot of money in there. A lot of money. Um, so the like fox lady who's narrating the video is like, okay, uh, milking technicians, your job is to ensure a plentiful, speedy collection that meets safety and sterility standards. And then 
Um, she basically, this is when Violet finds out what it is. So she has like a minotaur follow us to the processing oh facility, God. which is called like the collections room. So we spend a lot of time in the collections room. So there's like an upper level where the minotaur sits and like basically a massage chair that's like leaned forward. And then the lower level, the technician is there to jerk him off, but is like hidden by the chair and stuff. Oh, okay, um, so there's like a hole, hole in the chair. It's like a glory yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah. There's just like a glory hole. And then the lower level is like a full medical facility. So um they oh, have like, i see so they kind of go into like a nice like comfortable room and lie mm-hmm. on their belly and then get your off all right themed yeah, yeah yeah exactly that's um, so crazy i love that and so and then she's like okay and then she, there's like this machine thing so they like jerk him off for a little bit and that's like the appeal of this facility is that it's not just machines and then she has him come into like a suction tube thing that sucks it into a bottle she labels the bottle she puts it in the processing thing and then she's like i did it and then Violet is watching this like, oh my Horrified. god, Horrified. oh my god, <laughs> oh no. And so she goes home and she's like, I need to think about my life priorities. So yeah. right when the book starts, uh, all of that was kind of like if flashbacks kind of woven throughout the narrative. But um, basically she's having a panic about whether or not she should accept this job. And she's like, kind of into the Minotaur dicks. She's intrigued by them. She's not like attracted to them, but she's like, okay, so they minotaurs basically have human dicks but they're like bigger um, yeah i was gonna say are they basically just ginormous cocks just ginormous dicks and the thing about violet is that she grew up in like a very sheltered human only like town and so mm. she's she doesn't know a lot about other species and she's you know regrets that she regrets that her life has been so sheltered um so basically okay. minotaurs look like hot dudes with giant dicks um they also have hooves and like a little cow tail and they have horns and like a minotaur face um but otherwise they're all okay. like super huge buff hairy dudes basically so um, their heads aren't giant like in percy jackson because i would imagine like the giant bull head i can't the remember picture, kind of the pictures like- i've seen he has like a he looks in the face like a um a highland coup yes okay. yes the like the cute fluffy cows yeah okay um, cute um, but so he very much has like I don't know how I'd feel a, to a make cow nose. That. Yeah, a cow nose, a cow mouth. Yes. And she's Oh, he like, doesn't have like lips? No, he does Not have really. lips. Cows have lips. Yeah, but don't they go like they're, all the way back? Yeah, they're like a they're, they're an they're an up and down mouth, not an all around mouth, right? So, so Yeah, how do you make out with that? Anyway. All right, I'm excited we'll to learn. We'll find out. The one has the like the lady like snapping a medical glove on her yeah. wrist and the other one is like that i just put posted in the chat is like the classic old oh, school right. romance cover um okay. so she says she describes oh i love that bit. he's like he's a full monster like he's not yeah. like shifter or anything no nope. so fun he's okay. just minotaur full-time all the time um and Must they're all super buff and she talks about kissing him a little bit and she's like it is different from kissing like a human because his mouth mm-hmm. is like wider and flatter and his tongue is bigger and like textured and she's like really into that um Ooh, i oh, think about cow i don't know how i feel about this cow tongue. okay it's not a cow tongue though it's a minotaur tongue it's very different so different we have to we have to not think about right, cows sorry they're just a bull yeah but like not even i'm picturing the like bull police sergeant from zootopia honestly <laughs> that's true that's hotter you're right okay yeah, all right that's I'm, what I'm, I'm picturing. Back. they're like they're humans basically they like walk around on two legs and they talk and wear clothes and everything so Okay, there's a couple key pieces of, like, world-building context here, which is that, like, even in this imagined world, human men are obsessed with their dicks, but this is, like, less of a thing for other species. So, minotaurs view 
like sexuality is less taboo and like a lot of species in this world have seasonal heats like werewolves so humans are the kind of the weirdos for having so much stigma around sexuality um okay and minotaurs need to come more than the average man uh because of some like evolutionary remnants um so it's not necessarily like a sexual thing and then also they get paid for their samples. I was so, going to ask, is it like donating blood kind of? Like, it's exactly like yeah. one of one of the bulls is like, to me, this is like donating plasma. I just need to pay for my kids like hockey because their equipment is so expensive. So okay. right. these are they all play like hockey. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. These are all like fully employed, mostly fully employed above board businessmen. Like their partners know they do this. This is, like, not really a sexual thing for the vast majority of them. And usually they'll, like, pop in on their lunch break and then go back to the office. And this is not seen as, like, weird or taboo. So with that said, Violet learns this throughout the book, but she doesn't have that context, like, right away. She's thinking that this is, like, sex work. But not that there's anything wrong with sex work, of course, but it really it's, like, a medical facility. It's, like, a medical process. Um, And so she's, like, this is fucking insane. I should just go work at Starbucks. Like, I don't think I can do this. So the little voice in her head is like, well, like you're working for a major pharmaceutical company in like a technician role. You're not like working in some guy's basement. And also you don't have to do this for forever. So basically she accepts and she's like, I'm just going to do it to pay down the interest on my student loans. And until I find something in my field that like I can afford to live on. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I 10 years. (laughs) I don't know why she didn't do that. But anyways, she goes to buy some like on sale bread and generic orange juice and she's so sad about it and she's like fuck it and she goes to like the starbucks equivalent and buys like a fancy latte and like a pastry and they aren't that good and she's like oh my god all i want is disposable income to like afford a fancy latte occasionally so she's still apprehensive but she's like fuck it like i have to do this like i need the money um yeah so she starts the job she clicks accept on the portal and she drives to her first day at work And she, like, loves the vibe of Cambrook Creek already. Like, there's lots of, yeah, like I said, families walking around, like, cute coffee shops. And she's like, okay, they probably won't have, like, a giant sketchy business in a town this nice. And she's, like, trying to convince herself still. Um, And so she gets the job. There's, like, lots of talk about sanitization processes. And, like, they have to wear scrubs and, like, a surgical cap and a mask and gloves. So, like, everyone looks the same, basically. You can't tell anyone's identity. Um, and she's like still freaking out, but they're like, okay, we're assigning you to a technician for two weeks and you just got to like follow them around and they'll show you the ropes and it'll be great. And this lady's like super nice. She's like a lovely moth lady. And she's like, I know this maybe seems super weird for you, but it's like working at a blood bank or like in this world, they have clinics that like extract venom from snake people for anti-venom and you just have to follow the checklist and it's all good. And she's like, it's not sex work. Um, it's very like clinical and medical. So this that's your introduction. Great. I would take this job in a this second. Is, yeah, this is the equivalent of working at the don the donor bin, like the where all the yeah. guys go and like give their sperm for cryogenics yeah, and like except babies. they wait. You don't off. check them off. You you know what? You never know. There might be a premium service somewhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there could. Be. This is the but premium that would place. Be we sex find work. <laughs> no, it's not. Just put. What if you didn't have arms? Oh yeah, I guess that's that's a complicated 
actually question came. <laughs> right. You've, you've really made me think there. No, it's a whole thing. Sex work for people with disabilities and that the ethics around that. Yeah. And yeah, um, there was a really good like long form and oh, the New York Times, except you guys don't subscribe. No, no. <laughs> That's okay. I unsubscribed when they posted that like pro JK rolling piece. And I was like, oh, no more money for you. Yikes. Uh, okay, so Violet has her first client, and he's like, they're all of the minotaurs are like over seven feet tall, and they have some of them have like cow patterns on them. So this guy has like sable and Cute. cream patterns, and like his penis matches, and he's like polite. And the technician basically like lubes up her hands with this like special company lube that's extra thick and slippy, and like jerks off the minotaur, and then collects it in the suction tube thing, and that's it. There's also notes on each if each client has like specific preferences and like what their cues are so you can fire up the collection machine because they get really pissed if any like sperm spills because they get paid per weight. So they're like some of them like sacred. Every sperm is sacred. Um, And okay, they all like come pretty hard and Violet's like not not into it. Um, And it's like a lot of come, right? Yeah. So this guy, um, there's four types of clients that they the technicians kind of talk about so this guy's an earner which is basically someone who does this like full-time like they are they are like ready to go this is how they make livings and they come a lot so this guy comes 24 ounces which is like (laughs) that's no that is a pint glass and a half yeah yeah (laughs) so this guy's an earner and he like goes very regularly like every couple of days (laughs) wow what a way to live this is the fluid warning um and there's like three other categories of clients so there's the earners who are like they do it full time they're like a little bit cocky uh but they're there for like the money there's the clock more than cocky oh well done there's so many like prime beef beef jerky puns on this as well it's like it's really great um there's clock watchers which is the second category and they're like businessmen and they need to be like in and out because they're on lunch break so they're like normally super terse they don't talk at all they're just like go 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 i gotta get to a meeting um there's the third category called the pop and goes which are basically newbies (laughs) who like get really excited and titillated by the idea of coming to a milking farm and then they get in there and then they like come immediately and come a tiny amount and then they never come back and they're like okay those (laughs) that was a pop and go and then the fourth category are called the good little cows. And they're the ones who have like a milking kink. And this is oh, like a those very, are the ones that okay. Yeah. Right. This is like a very small number of the clients. And they have like a process where they can like report anything that makes like them uncomfortable and it's taken very seriously. This is like you you had to apply to be a client here, like being a like uh donating eggs, I guess. Um so everyone's like pre-screened for their health and their like social um candidacy and stuff so if someone if a technician lets them know that a client makes them uncomfortable that person's like gone generally they like they come a lot and the technicians like get bonuses based on how much they have so they're like oh it's fine it's not ethical um, well no but like <laughs> the vibe is they're that, not like making them uncomfortable yeah exactly the vibe yeah. is that like it's a very supportive environment you can like switch shifts with someone and like there's there's lots of contingencies basically so they'll want to get told that they're a good little cow and like they're getting milked and blah 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 blah. and they have like (laughs) a praise kink and a praise kink and also like an alpine milking maid kink is like the running joke oh my god so 
which is pretty funny. Um, so yeah, Violet doesn't mind any of these clients. She just finds the clock watchers kind of like brusque and intimidating and like she likes, you know, chatting with them a bit and making the client comfortable and being like crazy weather we're having and stuff. So she's like a, a I thought little they weren't a. in the same room. No, they're in like separate rooms, but there's like communication. Oh, okay. The okay. Like they're uh yeah, the Minotaurs are like a half level up. But they're in like oh, one okay, but they can see each other. Suite. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, Violet is like, "Hey, this is weird, but I want to be like good at whatever I do. So I'm gonna try really hard to do good." And she takes lots of notes, and she watches all the training videos, and she like kind of likes the job. Like her coworkers are all super nice. Um, she like has money to afford fancy coffees on her way to work, and she like loves coffees. So this is a big deal. Um, she has a little bit where she can like buy like fancy ingredients to cook a meal for herself and she's Excellent. like so psyched and What's then the upward trajectory in a technician job though um supervisor well, yeah yeah i guess we'll we'll find out um okay, okay. and she's like and it isn't really awkward with the clients because you're like hidden behind the bench so you say like you know your polite hello and your goodbye but otherwise it's like whatever um so you have yeah to see him. yeah yeah basically and you don't like interact with them really and um so yeah she's like having a great time and so the end of her like two-week training period is up and she gets to have her first client that she'll be handling on her own haha with Ooh. a senior technician supervising and this minotaur like comes in and she's like oh fuck this is a clock watcher um because he has like a really nice fancy suit and he has like an expensive watch and she's like oh, oh God. fuck is there uh -oh. is the is the guy in this rich I oh, yeah. fucking love that trope. Okay. okay. But so, he gives, does he donate so much he's so rich or does he have another job? We're going to find out. So he's this a guy badass who we'll call, he owns He owns Morning Glory Milking Farm. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that that baby. <laughs> no. Okay. So this wasn't delved into. But it Although then he'd be like was, a farmer, bro. Yes. Okay. okay. This didn't, it came up once and then wasn't delved into, but like apparently a lot of Minotaurs secretly have like complicated feelings about the fact that humans have like com commodified their bodies and they're like, well, gotta pay the mortgage, might as well go. But like underneath that, there's some complicated feelings. And that was mentioned in passing. And I'm like, sense. no, can we get into the like capitalist mm -hmm. ethos medical ethics discussion in the slut book? Like that's intriguing <laughs> to me. So I'm hoping it comes up in the like blue ribbon love or whatever the sequel is from his perspective. But for now, we'll call him Mr. Clockwatcher until we find out his real name. But she's okay. like, oh, this Minotaur's hot. And she, like, hasn't felt that way about any other clients. So he's got, like, big horns. He's got a septum piercing. He's in, like, this fancy suit with this expensive watch. And his shoes are, like, gorgeous. And then he has, like, messy um, pecan brown hair. And his cock is super thick. And she's like, holy shit, this is some prime beef. This sounds great. Um, yeah. So she's Some like... Wagyu. Yes, some wagyu. <laughs> so basically, she gives him a hand job, and she's like trying her best. And he kind of like makes like inhales air, and she's like, "That's weird." Normally, clock watchers like don't make any noise like at all. And so she's kind of proud of herself because the clock watchers don't have any tells, and she made him like give a tell and not be super yeah, stoic. Um, and she's like, "Okay, that was great." Um, so she gets the rest of her day, no problem, and she's getting like into a rhythm. And again, she's like not really feeling connected to any of the clients except like Mr. Clockwatcher. Oh, she um, can't stop thinking about him. She have can't a, stop thinking about him. Yes. Does she use one hand or two? Both, because they're huge. Okay, and that's it what keeps I was talking about. How she has such small hands, which is probably Ooh. what they're into. And she's also the only human who works there. So, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So like. They're they're big. 
she's like, <laughs> she's like, like a, that just sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a joke about perforated cervixes later, but it doesn't happen. It's just like <laughs> a running joke. Um, anyways, so she goes home and she like jerks herself off and she's like, that was great. Um, but also you need to not be affected by flying at your workplace. That's like inappropriate. You need to get over this. Um, and then she unpacks her bag from the day and she realized you, she gets tips as well. So she had seven clients and of them, four left a tip. And one was one envelope with a single crisp unfolded $100 bill in it. And she was like, this is from him. This is definitely. Is that like a good tip? Like what's a good tip there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the other ones are described as like a handful of dollars. Okay, got it, got it. Because they're getting paid to come there, right? So there's no reason for the universe to tip. Um, But she's like, his accessories are so beautiful and perfect. And this bill is so perfect. This has to be from him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So a couple weeks go by. She's like really enjoying her job. There's monthly bonuses for the most productive technicians. And she's like wants to win this. So she's like really intense into it. And she really likes Cambridge Creek. Scarlett, mm-hmm. the similarities between this character and yourself mm-hmm. are a little shocking. <laughs> because I also give hand jobs to Minotaurs and that's how I make my living. Yes. But, like, just the fact that she's, like, so aggressively competitive that she wants to, like, be the best and win everything immediately. God, why is this targeted towards me and not Annie? <laughs> when I was reading reviews a couple weeks ago, because I was just curious, uh-huh. I think a lot of women enjoy this book because they like and identify with Violet. Yeah. Honestly, it was refreshing. Like, normally the female lead can be like such a fucking drip like they have no personality at all but in this book they are two like fully rounded characters who make mostly normal choices where you can like oh I understand the reasoning behind that and it's it was very it was very compelling I read this in the middle of reading what was I reading something dramatic probably like a Cressy Cole equivalent and it was just like it was so nice so yeah, so she's, like, exploring C- Cambrick Creek, and she's, like, really into this place. She goes to the farmer's markets on the weekend, and there's lots of, like, different cultural food because it's so multi-species. So she's, like, this is, like, really nice. I like exploring this place. Do they give an example so does she, of another cultural Does she food? lives there now? No, so she still lives in the big city, but she's, like, driving in on weekends. She's, like, spending got her it. lunch breaks oh, okay. there. She's spending the evenings got it, got there. It, got it. Um, they did, and I can't remember. I think they mentioned goblin food. There's a bit where they talk about how in the city – like all of the non-human foods are kept like on the lower shelves and at the back and there's only small amounts and she's like wow that would suck if that was how my food was um so she's really enjoying that Cambridge Creek is more like inclusive are humans kind of of like the master species still yeah so it turns out they don't get too much into it but a lot of the species have very bad histories with humans um to the extent where the reason most of them live in like you know their own little areas is because they're scared of humans and they're like scared of pushback and interracial or interspecies couples uh there's a very on the nose metaphor in this whole book by the way uh interspecies (laughs) couples are not like rare but they're also not common you know so Mm -hmm. like a girl from a small town dating a minotaur like that's something she's gonna have to like tell her mom and she's not sure how her mom is going to react got it, like, got stuff it, got like it. that so i yeah. imagine goblin food is what i eat for dinner where it's like a little <laughs> bit of everything like a really chaotic charcuterie board i <laughs> okay think that would be perfect uh but then she goes to work and one of her files has a purple sticker on it which means that a client has requested her 
which is pretty rare. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, they only let like really established clients do that. And even then they won't guarantee you won't get the technician of choice. Um, and so she's been having kind of a rough day, like the equipment's not cooperating and some of her stickers have been missing for like labeling and stuff. Um, and then the client who requested her came in and it's Mr. Clockwatcher and Fuck he's yeah. in- Daddy Cow. Daddy Cow. He has the most daddy vibes. Um, he's in like this beautiful pinstripe suit and he actually talks to her this time and he has this like super deep voice that she says has an edge of control in it. So mm-hmm. he's mm. like, yeah. Right up my alley. Also, it says that she's always been like a sucker for authority and eager to comply. And so this like oh really God. works on her. And she's I'm all a bad in. Day. I, and like Mr. Clockwatcher um is the fucking best. Like I love him. Anyways, um, so she like just had such a bad day that she kind of breaks down and like talks a little bit about it with him, like still like super professional or whatever, but they kind of start banting a little bit and sharing little bits of themselves. And then when he sticks his dick through the milking hole, he's like already hard. <laughs> and she's like, mm, did talking to me turn him on? And oh, so usually they got to get them warmed up and then also yeah. to come. Okay. There's actually a little sense. bit in this about here about how like it's like impolite to you you try to get yourself going a little bit before you stick your dick in the hole just because like you have you get a minutes for an appointment. Yeah, exactly. And like if you don't Less come work, then, yeah. tough luck. Yeah. So but she's like, oh, he's like fully hard. That's hot. Um. And then they have this, like, cute little thing where she's, like, jerking him off and she's, like, trying to make him groan. But he's, like, refusing to give up control and show that he's into it um, and, like, trying to maintain, like, a normal conversation with her. Um, But he's clearly super into it. And he, like, lets a couple growls and she's, like, full on picturing having sex with him. And in the back of her mind, she's like, (laughs) holy shit, girl, get a hold of yourself, you horny bitch. Like, this is a client. Like, you need to calm down. Anyways, I know he's a minotaur, but all mm-hmm. when you said growl, all I can think of is when cows go. <laughs> that is, there's a lot of lowing <laughs> in this book, <laughs> and like sex is described as running. So yeah, it, it got a little too <sighs> animal running. That's a classic. Um. Anyway, so she can see him. <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> okay. Anyways. He pulls his pants on. She can see him for the first time. He's like super hot. Um, he's like buff and defined, but um, and he looks like older than her. So she jokes that he should take the last slot of the day next time. So she's not in a rush. Um, and then she like gets home and masturbates to him, but specifically she's like, wow, this dude is super like assertive and rough and like stoic and self-controlled, and it's great. So yeah, so a couple weeks pass, all of her other clients she's like indifferent to basically Ooh, boring. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, life this is job is 99% unsexy. Like, um, her mom is trying to get her to come home and, like, get her together with her, like, ex-junior high boyfriend. And she's like, mother, <laughs> I would literally rather die. Please, no. And then two weeks later, she gets a file with a purple sticker. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Mr. Clockwatcher again. And is and it again, the last one of the day? It is the last one of the day. He took oh, her yeah. advice. They got some good bants. They got a little bit of flirting. Um, what do they talk talking, about? Oh my god. Uh, just like life things. They have like one really cute conversation where she's talking about, okay, it actually comes up, so I'll save it for then. Um, okay. But here he's like joking about like going to another milking facility and she gets like kind of jealous no. about that, um, which is cute. And then she makes like a joke about being the only human here and they just like have a normal chat. And then after he gets off, he talks a little bit about coffee because she's super into coffee. And she he's like, okay, you need to go to this place called the Black Sheep. 
because they're like the best. They like age their beans in like Is bourbon barrels. Run by sheep. by a by a black sheep. By two white sheeps, actually. Yes. There is, there is a black sheep near me. They is make there? very good pastries. Oh, That's I was fun. like, did, have you gone in there? Is it run no. by Rastafarian sheep? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> so I'd be very impressed That's if it was. so funny. <laughs> um, anyways, he's like, that is very Zootopia. The best copy. It's, it's so Zootopia. Um, and then he like smiles at her on her way out and she like loses it. Like she is full melted like full head over heels and she's like fuck like i really want to go with this guy but i'm gonna have to quit this job and i can't afford to do that um and then she uses the this is a little unethical but she uses the birthday on his chart to look up her, his horoscope <laughs> uh, she <laughs> is I one of us i know i know <laughs> and he's a capricorn which oh. basically in the book they're okay. like he's rich and he's horny um and she's like amazing and then she's like what am i a tourist like Annie? yeah it's perfect for Annie's birthday. Does this also mean you're into Minotaurs? Because she's like, oh, my horoscope is a bull. Like, I'm I'm definitely into Minotaurs. It was fated. It was meant to be. She says this, mm. like, kind of jokingly. But, like, she's she's into it. Um, So she goes to the coffee shop he recommended, um, the Black Sheep Beanery. And for the first time, she's like, oh, my God, I'm the only human in this room, uh, in this super crowded room. I have never felt like this before. That's interesting. And this is, like another bit of light race coding that happens mm-hmm. in this book and hearing the author talk i think she's a white woman i don't want to make assumptions but it doesn't sound like this was an intentional meta narrative um but it happens a couple times where you're reading it like there's jokes about how like once you hook up with a minotaur you'll never go back to humans and stuff like mm. that and i'm like I-, oh. I think it's worth pointing out um just because it's you know it's playing into a larger cultural narrative anyways so very Zootopia of her. Very yes, Zootopia. <laughs> um, and Kelsey's then... going to cut 99% of these Zootopia. No, references. she needs to leave them all in. She cut my Pliny the Elder rant. <laughs> you know what? If this is Zootopia world, that means that Annie loves the mafia mice. <gasps> the ma- <laughs> The Jersey Shore mice. That's such a good movie. Yeah, it's That's literally such Zootopia. a good movie. Um, so there's a hot guy in front of her in line and he's like super fucking handsome and she's like oh wait no there is another human here and then he turns around and smiles at her and she's like ooh that's not a human like he looks like a human is it the man is it a werewolf it's a werewolf it's a a firefighter werewolf who comes from oh my god (laughs) and he comes from a family of werewolves and they're like the founding family in this town so they're very wealthy and everyone's obsessed with Tyler Lockwood the third book is actually about one of the brothers in like the werewolf family um and I'm I literally read two-thirds of it it's so good oh my god it's so good okay um I wasn't into Sweet Berries the sequel which is about a mothman and I just like I'm so scared of insects yeah and there's like that voyeurism thing and both insects and voyeurism don't do anything for me so that one wasn't like the moth by um like the moth version by uh, Lily yes but moth the character in that is not a moth or has anything to do with yes it's just like a nickname from his longer like basically elvish name Mm. Um, wow, I sounded super funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an elf. See, that is much so, less surprising. Also, this apparently this family of hot werewolf brothers, there's like five or six like young adult brothers, and they're all just like super hot. Um, and they oh basically my God. have this sounds amazing. Werewolf, into it. hot brothers, firefighters. All right, let's you, do it. You need to read the third book, Lana. And what they do apparently, it's like the town rumor, they run orgies 
um, at the mm. edge of the forest on a full moon, and like women come from all over just to get railed by a werewolf. Oh the yeah, they do. <laughs> so anyways, the super hot guys in line in front of her, and she's like, "Whoa, that that dude looks human, but isn't human." Basically, there's okay. When I said this book isn't perfect, <laughs> this is one of those moments. So um, Violet's like in the coffee shop. She's super overwhelmed. She like gets like pulled over to a wall by this vampire called Galus or Jealous, um, who is delightful. She's like this bleach blonde fab artist vampire who got turned in the 1980s and is like, please talk to me. I see someone I know from work and I don't want to talk to them. Just like pretend we're friends. <laughs> um, except that Galus is um, British and the way her dialogue is written, I have direct written this down. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Watcher, I've the whole world to pick from, but this formless muppet is me true love. What? Galus so makes sense then because like that. <laughs> in Outlander there's, there's Galus Duncan and she's accused yes. of being a witch. Oh my God, that was a really good Scottish accent. Just watch oh, a lot of Brave. Yeah, all of Galus's dialogue is super cringy, but she works at um, a fab restaurant called La Vie Rouge, where vampires, um, that's for vampires, so basically people come in and it's like a blood donation center. And so they get to chat to a vampire and they get like a gourmet meal. Um, and it's awesome. And like most of it's just chatting, but then some people are like gross and fetishistic about vampires and they get kicked out. And Violet's like, oh, it's cool that they're everywhere. Um, and the vampires apparently also hella like dramatic and gossipy and that's like very fun Um, so anyways she makes a new friend Um, Galus kind of becomes her like mentor um, because she's dated a lot of different species and they're like best friends and it's really cute Um, so yeah Violet's getting I know I'm like excited I like that there's a like a secondary female character who's likable in this because i feel like a lot of the times the secondary female characters are either like um evil like they like want the man or just like like derps like from the werewolf book like all of the like like the sad little orphan characters peeing on herself (laughs) (laughs) and you kept peeing on herself like and so in the really book, not any of the a pod. cool secondary female character. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly really good. And she has like a lot of conversations with her where Galus will like give her dating advice. And like, it's just like, it's really cute. They're like but the they ultimate test. Friendship. Do they ever talk about anything other than men? Yes, they do. <laughs> they good. definitely do. This book passes the Bechdel test. Good. Um. So yeah, so Violet's getting better at her job and she's also getting sassier, which is really fun. So she's like, um she thinks she jokes that like having sex with the minotaur would probably be like having a root canal for your vagina because their dicks are so big and they're so fucking like powerful against the bench or whatever um oh my god but she's also like really into it um and she's she like oh more... but let me try <laughs> yeah like actually uh so she learns more about mr Clockwatcher. he's over a decade older than her so he's like mid to late 30s um it's and she's like hot it's a hot age. He's like a full ass adult. And but then she starts to get in her head a little bit because she's like, holy shit, he's clearly like financially successful. And I am like scrambling to get my life together. And that's why you go with him. Stay with him. Well, exactly. But she's like, he could probably do better, blah, blah, blah. Um, And at night, she's like kind of driving around Cambrick Creek because she loves the architecture there. Like it's a beautiful town. And there's also lots of different um, types of houses. So some houses are like, all water feature or like 
the front yard is all sand instead of lawn or there's like giant houses for larger species. She's like, I've never seen inclusive architecture like this before because it's super fucking expensive and bougie. (laughs) That's the only reason. Oh, rich people. Yeah, but she's like, oh my God, like I studied architecture. This is inclusive architecture. Like this is all super interesting. Um, And she's like also stressed at the same time. She's like, I can't let anyone at work know that I'm into a client. And I was stressed about this the whole book. I was like, oh my God, someone's going to find out. Someone's going to leak that secret and she's going to get fired. Never happens. It's all literally fine. <laughs> this is a Perfect. low stress book. And low like, stress. That's what God. I need. Um, so she's in line at the Black Sheep on her lunch break when her she spot. hears yeah, her regular spot now. Um, ordering her go-to is the honeycomb latte, which is oh, like apparently amazing. So it's described very honeycomb. deliciously. It's like a a dark roast with espresso in it with like the sweetness of the honeycomb. And I was like, I really want oh, one. Starbucks, yeah, listen, so good. this is what we want. And then behind her in line, she hears a familiar, sexy, deep voice yelling on the phone that like the person on the other end needs to like fix their supply chain issues. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is my, this is my, this is my top trope. The hottest scene in all of the crossfire novels is the like fourth one when um she, okay. So she's sucking him off under the desk, which is fine, but he's having a, um a video call. I sent you guys screenshots of these pages because I was so horny for these pages. Like these are this is like <laughs> oh, years yes! ago now. I totally oh yeah, I vaguely where remember. He's talking to a um contractor is making an app out in San Francisco and he's like, You didn't think you'd just take my money and I wouldn't like le- and I would leave you alone, did you? And all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> the hottest scene that I ever remember uh that Scarlett has ever done in front of me is yelling at her underlings. her underlings. I uh, I considered myself very important in my yeah. undergraduate student clubs. You were very important. You were incredibly important. You were objectively I bet they all had important. crushes on you. Also, I when you yelled at those underlings, I cannot tell you how like never in my life have i like felt that way <laughs> and i'm still waiting for so it <laughs> i will try to yell at more people in your presence lana because i'm glad you're into that <laughs> it was amazing it was like silence too and like you could hear them like you could hear what did i say the children Does anyone on else... the other end of that call cry Does anyone else have any specific questions for me <laughs> yeah you said that and then you also said Okay, I'll go then. First of all, every single one of these was shit. <laughs> Talking about like position papers for a conference that like three people went to. Oh my god. Uh, okay. <laughs> I forgot about that, and then you guys bring it up, and I re-remember. We bring it up all the time because oh it is our favorite, our favorite friendship memory. Kay was not here for this, and that's good because she would not have had this reaction. <laughs> No, she would have been like, know. chill out, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would have reacted. I just. I think at like, the time, oh. you would have also been like, oh. Yeah, because I was pretty. Because it was. I think I would one. I would definitely be like, the, like oh, she's telling yeah, someone Yeah, that, exactly. You would have been <laughs> less so like, good. oh, no, I need to get my lust under control, maybe. No, but I would have <laughs> been like, I would have been like, drama. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a normal person reaction. <laughs> Whenever, yeah. Whenever you guys 
tell me this story, I just think of that meme from Real Housewives where it's like, that's my opinion! <laughs> She's like yelling at the yeah. reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This book like really gets me, you know? Mm-hmm. I just feel very seen by this book. Okay, um, I'm okay. so excited to hear more about him doing business bitch business stuff. Yeah, so it is Sexy Minotaur Man, and she's like, oh my god, it's him, oh my god, it's him. And he, like, recognizes her voice, too. So she, like, goes to pay for her drink and pastry, and he's like, no. And he gets it. Um, so good here. Love it, love it. Exactly. And then he also gets himself a pastry because he has, like, a massive sweet tooth, which is very cute. But then the sheep barista says to him, Rourke, so his name is Rourke, Mm -hmm. uh, are you and Luriel coming to my cookout? And Violet's like, <gasps> that's a good name. Wait, sister. I bet it's a sister. Who's Luriel? Daughter. And I'm then daughter. Well, then Ooh. she puts together the fact Bilf. that she like eavesdrops on clients when they're like, you know, on the phone and they come into the room and stuff. And one of the clients was talking about the fact that for Minotaurs, the septum ring is a wedding ring, basically. <gasps> and she's like, oh. he has a septum oh, ring. No! They, they're chatting as they wait for their coffees and he's like you better not be leaving work early because I'm the final appointment today and she's like like pissed at herself for thinking that he was single or thinking that there was like anything there like he's just being polite or whatever and she's like I've got someone waiting for me for lunch and he he like immediately stops being like you know banty and friendly and he's like <gasps> jealous lunch jealous possessive oh my and God. she's like yes and then she like walks away and suddenly like He's there and he looks like a fucking thundercloud. He's like furious, but she's like not noticing because she's kind of like freaked oh out. Oh my God. Anyway, so she returns to the clinic for his appointment and they're both fucking pissed at each other, but they're also trying to like play it casual and pretend there's nothing wrong. So the tension is up to 1 million and he's like, How was your lunch date? She's like, I don't know. How's your wife? And he's <gasps> like, um, I'm divorced. And then she like, loses and she's like who's Luriel then and she's like fuck I'm just like all protocol out the window I'm just like throwing all caution to the wind here and he's like super annoyed he's like Luriel's my neighbor and my best friend she's an elf and she has a huge orc boyfriend okay and Violet's like oh why does he still wear the the nose ring if he's divorced then well he's gonna talk about it Mm. um I get now Annie why you get (laughs) you're like just hang on (laughs) when we ask so many questions okay so Violet is like shit I fucked up okay I was just grabbing coffee with my vampire friend and by the way we're like two-thirds into the book so it is a slow slow burn yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of stuff about cleaning procedures at the beginning um (laughs) and he's like kind of grumpy still and he's like a little growly but then they start having bants about like whether vampires can actually drink coffee and she's like no Galus just like orders tea and like smells it she can't drink it and then mm-hmm. he's making jokes about how L'Oreal's orc boyfriend like goes to the gym and apparently like multi-species gyms are pretty funny because dudes apparently need to ego lift no matter what their species are and they're both like <laughs> just having bants and like I they're both it. so clearly relieved the other person is single and she's like oh you should gosh. like take that nose out of your that ring out of your nose and like get back on the market and he's like honestly I have been thinking about it more lately I wasn't ready until like recently until then, very recently when I met somebody uh-huh. new yep um and then oh he also just throws in a tidbit about how his grandma is human so like interesting yeah, so apparently interspecies families have existed for, like, quite a while, and they have, like, like, quite a long we history. we are world. biologically compatible. 
Yes. Well, humans are biologically compatible with nearly everything. Um, it turns out sometimes the species aren't like compatible with each other. Anyways, then she gives him an amazing hand job. Um, so the weekend, this was Friday afternoons. The weekend passes. Um, she has some chats with Galus. Galus like kind of points out that most species have like human kinks, which is why the milking farm is such a draw for like the good little cows and like humans love going to the vampire blood which is place. funny because she's the yeah, only, she's human, the only so. one well they hired more after the like oh. initial hiring so people are always getting added um and she like jokes about having sex with some other species so like nagas which are like snake men and lizard men mm-hmm. have two dicks so yeah you get the dp um yeah the, this is where she talks about the sexy fireman werewolf and how they have like giant Bacchus themed orgies on the edges of the woods. So fun. Um, and how like every woman secretly wants to get railed by the big bad wolf and blah blah blah. Um, and this is also where she talks about like once you've had sex with Minotaur, you can't go back. So again, like a bit of race coding, but I don't know whether it was the author's intent. Um anyways, so okay, so she has a great weekend and she's back at work, and Violet is now on training duty. She's like doing so well. They're like, you can train oh my a new god um and this girl is the fucking worst violet is like i know you just think you're giving hand jobs but you kind of need to like do a good job like you need to read the file and like work the machines correctly um and unfortunately this is the day that rourke's coming in because she has another purple sticker on her files and it's weird because it's a tuesday and he only normally comes in on fridays so he needs an extra session Mm -hmm. so someone else is gonna do it and violet's like i'll do this one but the trainee's like still in the room. So they can't be too flirty. And they have kind of like a coded back and forth where they're like, nice weather. Oh, I kind of like um, that. Which though. is really fun. Um, so Rourke says he's like getting his ring removed officially. And there's like lots of jokes about getting back on the meat market. And she's like, how come you're here on a Tuesday? And he's like, oh, I've been needing it a lot more lately. The urge is very demanding. And then Violet's <laughs> like, oh, that argument and then flirting we had on Friday got him going over the weekend. That's amazing um okay this is where the book jumps ahead two weeks randomly and we are getting to the end of the book here and i was like oh wait, oh my goodness wait what <laughs> well like we're, we're past the middle of the book um so basically two weeks pass out of nowhere and a okay. number of scenes happen in these two weeks that i would have loved to see um so basically <laughs> this is such a thing in smut books where they're like i don't really want to write that anyways they fell unconscious or whatever um, That's so funny. So yeah, her aunt died and she had to go back home for two weeks without warning. And then because the milking farm obviously doesn't provide clients personal information on the technicians, Rourke was like, okay, well, she abandoned me without notice. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and so he's like super grumpy and pouty. <laughs> and oh, he comes in and he's like, oh, it's you, you're back. Um, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, sorry, I had some personal stuff. And he's like, I cannot believe you let me you literally left me in the clutches of an amateur. I was chafed. And he (laughs) didn't use enough special lube, I guess. I know. And he keeps calling the other technician who I think was supposed to be the new girl, Stiff Grip Sally, which um, Violet finds fucking hilarious. She like cannot stop laughing at this, Um, which is saying something because she's like pretty gutted about her aunt, like her aunt helped raise her. Um, Yeah, the aunt just fucking died, but all right. Yeah, well, he doesn't know that yet. Um, and she's like, she thought about him the whole time she was away, and he's like making her laugh, and it cheers her up. Um, and then 
yeah, he, she does the hand job and she has like a great fantasy during this about what would happen in the collection room if it didn't have a camera. Um, and she also gives him a nice little external prostate massage and he fills oh, up nice. two bottles. So over okay, 30 wait. ounces. How do you give an external prostate massage? If it's like, like if right it's behind like the a... balls. Oh, that's okay, not. I was... Yeah. The prostate is like in and up. Yeah, but if you apply enough pressure, the perineum. Yes. So okay, that perineum. makes more sense because I don't know male anatomy, uh, so I was very confused about how she was getting to the butt in the in the glory hole <laughs> to level situation. Um, but now I understand that that part was Annie. also available yeah. to her. I feel like I should know male anatomy, and I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like you definitely have to stick a finger up a butt to get to a prostate yeah. to the prostate. But there's like it's like when Annie and I were talking about bladder pressure on the G spot, like. It's all connected. So you'll put yeah. enough pressure in one spot. It makes Anyways. sense to me now, actually. I could see how that would feel good. No, I'm Google. so glad you're explaining. <laughs> it does make sense. But I was thinking the well, same thing. I was like, and then her hand just like comes up from like underneath. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> it's like the in the hole. Like it's not very comfortable. There's not a lot of room. Yeah, zero percent sexy. <laughs> oh my god okay that's pretty funny um okay so yeah so she gives him a great hand job he's like he comes a lot um and he like needs a second he's like lying on the bench thing being like holy shit like i think you might have killed me and she goes up to the second level and she's like gosh you're sure bossy for a corpse um and they have like <laughs> a little back and forth dance, and then he gets dressed and he goes, okay, I'll ask again, like, where were you? And she was like, oh, my aunt died. And then she starts crying. And oh. I'm like, what a boner killer. But he's like, he comforts her. And he's like, if oh my God, it's not, ask her out on a date and ask her about it there. He's like, if it's not crossing like a boundary and if it's not making you uncomfortable, like, would you want to grab a coffee after this? Because it's your last shift or it's your last appointment of the day. And she's like, yes, absolutely. So he goes to grab a table at the Black Sheep and she clocks out um and then she gets there Black and they sheep just have... is the only restaurant sorry well, it's, so it's the cool the hangout best, the best coffee and apparently the coffees are like super expensive so he's into it um so she gets there and they have like a nice chat and he, she starts crying a little bit and he holds her hand and she's like very into this because he's kind <laughs> this of is like, very wholesome he's kind of mm -hmm. stern and brusque normally but he's like seems a little softer with her um, and she also notices that he orders two desserts and lets her pick which one she wants. And he <gasps> brings over like napkins and utensils and oh she makes God. the like sheep baristas keep the coffee warm for her until she like arrives. And he remembered her favorite order. <sighs> She's like, I love having these little pieces. Of In every relationship, there needs to be, you have to like ask early on, are you someone who likes a little sweet treat after you have dinner? Mm -hmm. And if you are not, if, if, if they also don't like it's not gonna sweet work treat, with you. it's not going to work. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> we have to eat sweet treats together. Exactly. And this is, he's, this couple is both pro desserts. So he, she's Good. like really touched by this stuff. So yeah, they just like, they talk a little <laughs> bit about minotaurs and he's like, yeah, normally they live like on the edges of human society and like do a lot of agricultural work. Sorry? In yeah, labyrinths. Famously in labyrinths. In labyrinths. They talk about that. Um, <laughs> That's where they're from humans haven't been always like super nice to minotaurs apparently Strange. um and he's like honestly we have it better than a lot of species though because we wear pants without resistance and we celebrate human holidays and we're like we're as close to human as you can get 
Um, and she learns a bit more about him. He was married for five years. He started his own um, like agricultural technology company or something. He owns his own house. And she's like, holy shit, I feel young and understablished. And he's like, look, uh, I meant to ask you when I was getting the ring out and let me know if this is crossing the line. Um, but I don't like not having the answers I require. And I want to get to know you a bit better. Um, mm, yeah. And so he's like, do you want to go out? And she's like, yep. And he's like, do you want me to pause my appointment so it wouldn't be awkward? And she's like, nope. And <laughs> that's great. She like, wank him off outside of the facility. I know. She stalks his ex-wife a bit online. She's like glam and fab. Um, is she also and- a minotaur? Or is she so human? she is, but she looks mostly human except for a tail. Oh, okay, she's, so she's like a like quarter, a quarter, quarter minotaur. minotaur. Yeah, exactly. Um, White passing, I understand. Yep, yep. And Rourke is like <laughs> super open that like they just grew apart. Like he kind of wants to settle down and start a family. And he's like really invested in his company and she wants to travel. And that's just kind of why it fell apart. And they've been divorced for two years. So um, then we skip ahead in time again, missing several <laughs> things that I wanted to see. Including their first date. <laughs> what? what? Whoa. They kind of do like a little flashback and they have like a couple dinner dates and lunches and like their first date is at a cute little trattoria. Um, they, they go to art galleries a lot. Um, and she learns Very that cute. like he loves starting his meal with dessert. And he's like, um, I'm like a fancy businessman. <laughs> I can do what I want. Like I'm paying for this. Yeah. I'm going to fucking order my dessert first. Um, and he, they're mostly like, like moving away from kind of the heightened sexuality of their first interactions and they've made out a bit and she's like super into it but she's also like so horny she's like i want to bang like i'm really enjoying getting to know him but like i want sex so bad um mm-hmm. this is the slowest burn it's oh the my slowest god burn. um and a thing that like is nice about him is that she's like actively trying to pay for half the dates because she's like i'm a feminist and he's like your money is no good here yeah, he's like, I know that paying is like a power issue and I want you to feel like you have agency here um, and I don't want to overstep, but we're at different points in our career and I'm at the point to comfortably spoil someone, so I'm spoiling you. Uh, uh, end of story. Uh, in love with this Minotaur. I'm fucking That's obsessed amazing. with work. This is all I want. I am, like, I would say a pretty raging feminist. However, I would say that, like, my biggest pet peeve is when guys don't even like offer to pay at dates anymore because yeah. i'm just like i put in so much fucking effort to like look nice and be here and i like normally i'm sorry like, they don't I pay do for the dates they don't pay okay when i was I, actively dating if i wasn't feeling it i would ask for separate bills but i i've never had a guy who hasn't offered to pay that's, that's so awful. weird it's the I, worst i offer Ew. michael's credit card to whoever comes to <laughs> i was table. also gonna say kelsey and i do a thing where we pretend we're taking each other out on dates but we have the same money uh, <laughs> we'll be like oh yeah i'm treating you tonight i love that's that so let me give you the joint card that's so cute oh my god i love that when i've been in a relationship it's been like i pay this time you pay next time i pay this time you pay next time that is yeah, very practical and sounds sense. like something that would make sense for you. We um, don't do that. Kelsey usually, quote unquote, treats me. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Um, she yeah. should. As she yeah. should. You I'm married sure. her. You're adorable. You bore her a perfect child. You bore her a son. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> so Rourke's other th thing that he always says is he's like, you hold all the cards. So like, you know, I'm not going to push any boundaries. I understand we met at work and I was one of your clients. Like, I want to make sure that this is all like above board and you're comfortable. So um, they're out on this date and Rourke orders like a Shirley Temple for <gasps> another woman there. And Violet is like, holy shit, did you just order another a drink for another woman in front of me? I mean, and a mocktail, like, but yeah. Also a Shirley Temple. I love Shirley Temples. Send that lady a Shirley Temple. Well, if none of you are elves. A Shirley Temple. Oh, like, that's for his best friend, Loyal. Yes. <laughs> oh, do they not drink alcohol? Apparently they don't drink. Um, they like sugar. Oh, okay. Or, and so she wanted to, to be I, very I can't really tell because Loyal comes elf. over and she's like, joke's on you. I like Shirley Temple's. So I think maybe the joke was supposed to be that she does drink and he sent her a Shirley Temple. Oh, um, okay, got it. And oh, so, yeah, it's L'Oreal. Oh, it was a joke. Send that girl a joke. A, like, yeah. pretend drink. And she's so excited to meet Violet. She's like, I've heard a ton about you. You should come over for a double date. My orc boyfriend, Karsh, is really into grilling right now. Karsh. <laughs> and Karsh is great. He's an accountant. He's the grilling. He's very smart. He's like a big wig accountant and he's southern. So, oh, um, I like that. He, like, he's super sweet. He like offers to help Violet with her like loan repayment contracts and stuff. Um, also on an unrelated page, like in another conversation, Violet asked Luriel how she and Karsh work together because elves are small and orcs are like super big. And she's like, "Oh, elves are really stretchy." Um, oh, I believe <laughs> that. Hilarious. Um. So. Yeah, Violet and Rourke have another date without hooking up. She's pissed about this, so she sends him some sexy photos, and she orders herself a huge vibrator. Um, anyways, <laughs> so she learns a little bit more about him. Um, he went to university on, like, a full scholarship. He's super smart, but she he kind of, like, regrets leaving his small town because um, he didn't get to see his younger siblings grow up, and, like, he doesn't love other people's kids because he thinks they're sticky, but he wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to some of his own. Um so interesting. <laughs> sticky children where have we heard that before jokes on me i have the stickiest child of them all <laughs> you yes, have the only child you, <laughs> you have the only child <laughs> so he is stickiest by default that's true um and she's like okay i need to have sex with him so they go to a restaurant she picks it strategically she's like they have a great dessert cart so he's gonna fucking love it and they have like <laughs> weird seating so you can sit on like couches and like poofs and stuff and oh, like good. eat your food so she can start like touching him under mm -hmm. the table and then she doesn't wear undies and so <laughs> she's all like <laughs> she's prepared she's prepared she's like cozying up into his side and he's like stroking her side and then he clearly realizes she's not wearing panties and he like fingers her under the table and it's great it's very dommy she calls it his ceo voice yeah um and he keeps his thing is that he's like, I need you to tell me in your words, like, you know, what you want or if this feels good or whatever. Um, and he talks about like spoiling her. And it's great. The dirty talking is so good in this book. It's great. Um, and she's like, okay, uh, we need to get home right now because I don't want to be arrested for having sex in public. And also, I'm not going to be quiet. Um, and he's like, okay. <laughs> So she invites him home and he's like, okay, well, I tried really hard to be a gentleman because of how we met. But like, I guess I'm giving that up now. Um, so he barely fits in her apartment and he's like, we're only going to do oral tonight because we need to get you prepared for the real deal. And also the bed at my house is way bigger. Um, and I have like sheets that are resistant to hoof and horn tearing and stuff. Mm. Oh my God. So yeah. Maybe so she does, moisture she does wicking. milk with her mouth at one point. 
No, because well, he he's probably gonna. He... Oh, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, that just sounds so intimidating. Anyways, so she's very into the oral. It's great. It's a good time. He always, he's like, you need to come first, like every time. Um, and she's into it, and he's like, okay, well, cool. This boundary's broken. Pack an overnight bag because you're living at my house this weekend. Um, yes. Yeah. A bunch of U-haulers. And she's, like, very emotional after this because it's, like, the best set of orgasms she's ever had. And she's like, holy shit, this is amazing. I really lucked out. So he lives in this super cute Cape Cod house that she's, like, immediately obsessed with. And it's also huge because it's built for minotaurs. So she's like, oh, cool, I get to be inside of this. Does she feel like a tiny little lady in there? She does. She's so tiny. There's a lot of talk about how tiny she is in this. Even though she's also referred to as Kirby. So I think it's tiny in comparison to the Minotaur, which is very fun. Oh, so like a perfect um, hourglass, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so she comes in and he's like fully naked. And he's like, why the fuck are you wearing panties now? <laughs> like clothes off. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess. And she makes a joke about feeling like an Athenian sacrifice. And he's like, mm, <laughs> did you learn that in school? That like the Minotaur <gasps> ate all of those maiden tributes? And he's like, because they did, but not the way you're <gasps> thinking. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, that's very fun. Yeah, and there's also a funny bit here where we find out that Morning Glory Milking Farm has, like, rewards tiers for, like, their big contributors. Um, <laughs> and one of the rewards tiers is, like, the special lube they use there. So he's, like, saved a bottle for her. And she's, like, super <laughs> touched by this, but also is, like, rewards tiers. Like, what else do you get from Morning? Do you get, like, branded swag? And she's, like, really into this. And he's, like, okay, can we have sex now, please? <laughs> um, anyway, so she has great sex. Um, and he finishes up by being like, do you know why none of the Athenian tributes returned? They weren't eaten. They stayed by choice because they were addicted to the Minotaur. And she's like, well, Ooh, I me love too. That. Yeah. And then they go out for ice cream and then they have a nap. Was it hard to fit? <laughs> it was. But like she was super into it. And yeah, it she work. just needed a bit to warm up, basically. Um, and they Gotta super in love it. and they spend a lot of time at the weekend on the weekends, like at farmer's markets and like. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so domestic. Yeah, there's like a cute bit where she like tries to give him a BJ and he's just like way too big. So she gags and then he gags and he's like, you can't do that. Like, I can't deal with people gagging. Like, <laughs> oh, my we're God. not doing that anymore. <laughs> if I want that like bad, I'll like get a milking machine. And they both like laugh and they find this hilarious. Um, she does a bit of ass play, which he's into. Um, I, that would I be worse fun. than the front door. No, 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 sorry, no, no. She, she does ass play on him. She yes. puts his, her finger. OK, in his butt. OK. Yeah. I was like. Oh my god. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no kidding. That that sounds like some ripping and some daring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Visions. She does it on him. And yeah. Um, and he also like talks to his connections and gets her like a couple job interviews in her field, including oh. one for Cambridge Creek's Urban Development Center, um, which she's super oh, excited about because Cambridge Creek is like super overpriced, but also one of the few like diverse places. So she has some really good ideas about like affordable housing and like support for the artisans oh, and also part of her job would be researching historical textiles from each species and like doing recreations of them for like exhibits in the town's history and wow she's, like, those jobs aren't the excited. same job yeah but i okay. know but she's super excited about it and she's like hey if i get this i'm gonna stay on it a morning glory mountain farm part-time and she talks to work she's like if i get this job do you want me to quit and he's like no like what kind of direct quote what kind of grade a shit would i be if i made you quit the job where i met you do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy. Um, I'm obsessed. This is great. Works the fucking best. She also like tells her mom that she's dating a minotaur, and her mom like isn't against it, but is kind of like 
taken aback and is like, okay. And Violet's like, she just has to meet Rourke and Rourke's going to win her over and it's going to be great. Yeah, trust me. She'll be fine. He's Uh, perfect. Yeah, Yeah. Rourke's like the fucking best. So we get to the epilogue. Life's pretty good. Um, And so the epilogue starts with Rourke mowing his lawn in a shirt that says Mega Milkers with the farm's logo on the front, which he also got in the tiered program. And Violet will (laughs) not stop making fun of him for this. And he's like, I'm never wearing this shirt again. Like, you need to lay off. Um, they have some shower sex. It's great. She gets the job and she moves into an apartment in Galus's building. And Rourke is like, I know you want to like live on your own for a bit, but I hope that's a short-term lease. And she's like, Yep, it is. So that's really nice. this is amazing. I love Rourke. He's yeah. like, Yeah, live on your own for a bit, but like I want you to come live with me, obviously. But like you need your independence. I oh my god. I'm He's so super happy. supportive. Yeah, he's Rourke is the fucking best. And then at the very end, he's like, I need to ask you a question. And she's like, oh, is he proposing? He's not. He's like, there is a new chocolate lava cake on this restaurant menu oh that I God. really, really want. But I don't think I can eat it by myself. So do you want to come no. over and share that with me? And she's like, yes. Um, and it ends and it's like implied that they're happy for forever. But also their own independent people. And it's great. So, yeah. That, and that there's was the no book. children? There's it no does children. not end with a child. Wow. No. And I actually made a list of oh. things I liked about this book. And it was that the book didn't automatically end in like a pregnant engaged trope. It ended with I like know. him supporting her and her independence a little bit. Oh, and so I really liked that. I thought that was I have to tell neat. you guys, I do not choose books specifically that have that trope. It's just that every it's fucking so book common. has that trope. Yeah. 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 No, it just happens all the time. I just I feel it's so much more romantic. The idea of like growing with your partner and Family i think that's bad. why i like this one being a little bit more like clearly they're gonna love each other for forever and end up together but there's like space for her to grow a little bit and like enjoy her independence and stuff and i i, I really like different that. strokes <laughs> <laughs> it worked for these characters um Good. i also thought like i really loved how like he was super respectful he could have like swept in with his money and rescued her but he was like no i'm gonna get you some job interviews because i know you're good and i know you can get a job in this field um, and he also, like, her job at Morning Glory was, like, never an issue for him, which is one of my least favorite thing in, what is it, Diary of a Call Girl? I love that show. But, like, her boyfriend yeah. is always, like, you are always hooking up with men. And she's, like, it's my job. Um, and he just, like, doesn't get it. But Rourke is never like that. He totally, like, respects it. And they just have good communication. Um, and then I just wanted to end on the note that like Sam Nacosta seems really cool. And she talked a lot about how this book kind of went viral and she wasn't expecting it. Um, so she wasn't really prepared for like the amount of like tweets and stuff that got sent her way, like a lot good, but a lot bad. And she says that often the attacks on romance books that come from outside of the romance community are based in like misogyny and sexism. And that sometimes there's attacks from inside the community as well on maybe less normative smut that are rooted in that same sexism and misogyny. So she's like, I hope. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, I hope maybe people approach this book with like an open mind because I'm really like emotionally invested in these characters. And even though the concept isn't like a a normal romance per se, I'm still really proud of it. And I hope it like makes some people happy. It made me super happy. I like all of that, except also that was basically a normal romance, except he just happened Mm -hmm. to be Minotaur yeah exactly yeah. like sure they met they in kind get... of a weird way but like i think it she's... has every normal um mono hetero couple and yet it was like singled out for being like such a weird book 
like everywhere. That's so funny. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the concept is a little weird, but then you get into it and it's all very like, it's very well thought out. So nice. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was super interesting. I'm like really glad I read it. I think you guys should read it. It's like, yeah, I want to. the like the works dirty talking is so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to read it. Um, I think yeah. this book kind of came out around the same time that, uh, the blue planet barbarians or whatever came out yeah yeah ice planet barbarians i'm definitely yeah. gonna read those because everybody um, talks about those books all the yeah time. those so super popular i do think like they kind of got passed around in the same circles and that's mm. why the popularity kind of just like in 2021 we would have still been like in lockdown too mm-hmm. so good yeah reading yeah i mean it was really good the second one is called sweet berries and it's about a mothman and he's kind of like his thing is that he's like a hot, smart scientist, but he's kind of passive and I'm like not into moths. And fucking then the third nerd. one, fucking nerd. And then the third one is about one of the werewolf brothers and it is great. Yes. It's so good. Oh, I'm They're so all excited. So I want to read that one. I imagine They're all the hot third. and bisexual. I imagine that the werewolves <laughs> are from Perfect. Brooklyn. They're just firefighters from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That actually is the vibe, except super fucking rich and everyone in the town is scared of them. Oh my um, god, I love all of that. Mafia, oh, great. mafia firefighters. Yeah. <laughs> so I like I don't know what other book she's gonna write, but I'm like I would not say no to a lizard man double dicked book. Uh, I would read all of these. Well, she has she has the, those complimentary ones too, where it's all about the elves and stuff. So yeah, and the elves seem great. I'm probably gonna read those. But happy birthday, Annie! Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. For, that was so fun. I can't wait to read it. Annie's like, don't sing to me. <laughs> Annie, is this your kink now? I th- Okay. I think so. I think so. I need to read it. He sounds amazing. Although I'm not sure that the um, amount of fluid is like my <laughs> is my kink. So again, like most of the books I'm finding that it's like the very specific creature or thing that is the main male main character might not be like my new kink, but like they mm. always got all of my tropes. So this book sounds exactly like my kink, except I don't know if minotaurs are my new kink. Although maybe maybe they are. I don't know. I need to read it. But yeah, he's I basically it. just like it sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I'm all for. So yeah. It sounded amazing. I will give this um 4.5 out of five bottles to come. <laughs> That's mega perfect. milkers. Mega milkers. <laughs> okay, and Kay. Uh I think I'm I think I'm on kind of the same boat in that like a, a lot of these books I'm like I like the person but I don't yeah again like I don't know if like the minotaurs so I have to read it also not really into the fluids we'll give that's, like that's valid <laughs> and like I it, again I just have a hard time separating what I know about fluids from <laughs> the book it's very valid <laughs> it's not doesn't always smell great it's very sticky oh my god <laughs> i have yeah. only been in the same room as come a couple times um for reproductive yes. purposes and jesus christ i do not like the smell remember when you were uh 
you experienced it and you told us about like when it didn't quite oh, go right. in yeah, the right way and it poor. went oh my god oh when, so when kelsey poured it poured it all down my butthole and my pillow yeah yeah, yeah. and it was like that is my life um yeah but yeah very I'll normal it, straight girl problems I'll give it, i'm not used to it i'll give it one pint glass out of a possible two pint glasses of Ooh. mega milkers yeah nice good system and you lana i loved this <laughs> i just had such a great time i loved it so much i was surprised by how much i was okay with the fact that he was a minotaur like i really like the size difference thing i mm -hmm. love the yeah. idea of like someone like my, my big i love the idea of someone being like larger than me mm -hmm. i think that's really hot and like you know <laughs> I like cows, so I was like, you know, I don't, I, I don't really like <laughs> cows. You do have a cow tattoo. I do. Um, and the fluids things, maybe it's because you didn't specifically describe the fluids. Because, like, for me, I was like, ah, I'm like, I'm okay with this. Like, there was nothing in it that that kind of, like, turned me off a little bit. So I will give this. We're very close to my king. If there was, again, I feel like the werewolf uh, book sounds real close um but for this one i'm gonna give it 4.5 over educated underpaid millennials out of five <laughs> that is perfect yeah i think i was the same i honestly the way they described minotaurs was really hot and I've never yeah. previously been into minotaurs. I'm I'm not into mothmen, I guess, from the second one. And then the werewolves in the third one are great. Although there's like a lot of nodding talk and it's like a little bit too much nodding talk. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I guess I'm into minotaurs now. And like, honestly, the bits where he was talking about like Athenian sacrifices, like mm -hmm. minotaur in the maze. I was like, I am into this. So yes. Yeah, I don't now. know. I don't know if we like have explicitly said, maybe we did in the intro episode, but this book and uh, Scarlet reading it is the reason that this podcast came to be, at least the title, because the, wait, is this my kink now, was exactly her experience <laughs> while reading this book. Yes! Oh my god, I totally forgot about that, Annie. Oh, this is nice. Yeah. This is full circle. Well, um, I would give it uh, like a four out of five Minotaur septum marriage rings. Um, yes. and I can only hope I did Annie's storytelling justice and I think we should all read yeah, this I'm curious about your thoughts. Um, yes, I think definitely. I hit most, most of it. There's like a couple other minor details. Um, like the fact that the semen is so thick, they need a special enzyme so it doesn't clog the drain in the shower. Um, but otherwise it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of fluid talk. Well, this was a special bonus episode, so we will be back again on our regular Tuesday uh, upload date with our next special episode, which I believe will be Kinkstery for All I Wanted Was Sushi, and then I Got mm -hmm. Abducted by mm -hmm. Aliens. Thanks again for listening to Wait. Wait, wait, wait is, is this, this my, my kink now? You guys like, don't say that with a Kate. Like, you say it like you... What is this, my kink now? Like, you're like Dracula cadence. I want to milk your minotaur cock. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of milking. There we go.